All right, so I get the honor and privilege to introduce one of my best friends. Um, he, uh, I've gotten the privilege to travel with him all over the world this year, and we just live life together. We do life together, and he's a man that is rooted in the word. He's one of the most intentional people I know, um, and he is just a powerhouse. So just everybody give it up and get expectant for Jonathan Chandra. Thank you, Tyler. All right, where's my Afrikaans mention? I guess, I guess Afrikaans ni, but I guess van Indonesia af. But I just want to tell you guys, I love South Africa so much. I love the hospitality here, the fire. You know, in BSSM, we have around 2,000 students, and you can always tell where the South Africans are because they are so loud. <laughs> they are always getting filled with the Holy Ghost in one section. Uh, so tell your neighbor you're living in a very beautiful country. As I said before, my name is Jonathan Chandra. I come from the island nation of Indonesia. It's around 17,000 islands. Uh, we have a bunch of religions there. We have uh, just Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and uh, Christians. A lot of people are always asking, what are, how are Christians there? The church is growing very fast in Indonesia. Um, we're meeting inside of shopping malls. Churches are growing to the thousands, and it's really, really powerful, y'all. Um, <laughs> That's my American side. <laughs> but Indonesia is doing very well. And, uh, and I, was, I was brought to BSSM with a, through a prophetic word. Uh, I remember when I was 16 years old, a prophet came to me. And he just he came up and he said, God is calling you to, to preach to the nations, this and to do this and to do this. And you will be trained at Bethel School of um, Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California. And as an Indonesian, I didn't know anything about the school. I'm like, what is this school? Uh, and, and to tell you how much I didn't know about the school, I looked up in Google uh, for three months, Bethel School, Redding, California. And guess what it wrote? It said this, Bethel School, grades 1 to 8. All grades 1 to 8, applications welcome in this April. I'm like, oh no, this prophetic word must be wrong. You know, I can't go to Bethel because I'm already in grade 10. Uh, <laughs> But turns out, after three months, I found out there's an actual Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and that's how I ended up there. So, <laughs> God is good. That's a little just story so you guys know more about me, how there's this, you know, there's always like just a group of Americans, and then all of a sudden there's this like Asian-looking guy, so that's the story. Um, yeah, I know. I always, and whenever I'm in South Africa, the little kids are always running towards me saying, China, China, China. <laughs> but it's okay, my grandpa came from China, so I'm fine. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm confident in my identity in Christ, okay? The Bible says, for there's no Jew nor Gentile. You know, I'm, a, I'm in Christ, that's my identity. By the way, has any, has any of you seen my glasses? Do you, is, it, is it in your bag, ma'am? Uh, oh. oh, where did you find that? Wow. Do you used to do that? <laughs> Who else has experienced that before? 
Today, as I was praying, I felt the Lord say uh, something. He said, the search is over. The search is over. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of us are like this. Oh my gosh, man. I have, a, I have an interview in, in like 10 minutes, but I can't find my glasses. I, 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 I'm looking. Oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, we look through our bags. We look through everything to find that our glasses are not there. Turns out, where are our glasses? They've always been here all along. It was just out of focus. My friends, a lot of us here, we're in the church. We grew up, we've heard the message of righteousness in Christ. We've heard the message about Christ dying on the cross and being the perfect sacrifice for us. But sometimes in our lives, we're continually searching for another source of righteousness. Oh, oh man, I'm about to, uh, I'm a, oh man, I see that sick person. God, I, I know you told me to pray for that person, but God, I, I, I can't see them because I haven't prayed I can't see them because today I haven't read my Bible. Oh, oh, today I had a bad thought, so I can't walk. I need to do that first and then. But who knows, when you're stuck in that, you're stuck in that for days. For days and days and days and days. And, and I remember one time the Lord, uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Jonathan, the search is over. And I felt that, that inner striving inside of me. Like, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, like one of the biggest things that, that, uh, that, that's on my heart is always, I feel like, man, this is just kind of vulnerable, but like, I'm like, man, I don't feel like I'm brave enough. I don't feel like I'm man enough to just talk to that person. Uh, it just looks like, you know, so like, you know, it's so daunting sometimes. And then the Lord said, the search is over. And I just put my glasses on, like, okay, I'm made righteous in Christ. And then you get to walk in your identity without any of the striving inside. I remember when I was in, uh, in Australia, I went to the Hillsong Conference. <laughs> Does anyone know about Hillsong here? Is it famous in Africa? <laughs> but I was walking outside of the conference. I was walking with my brother. And I felt, I felt the Lord just tug in my heart. Say, Jonathan, give that guy right there a word of knowledge. Just say, I just saw him like uh, doing doing like drawing and doing like architectural stuff and I'm like God but <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of time with you. you know the Hillsong conference is so busy the subway to the Airbnb takes 45 minutes when I go home I go to sleep I haven't been spending that much time with you so I can't really just talk to that person and and then the Lord said Jonathan you're my son once you're my son you're always my son just walk in your identity you walk in your identity so I just went and like hey man um, I have a curious question. I just saw you doing arts, and I see you, I see you doing just arts, and I, I see you with a blueprint. Does that mean anything to you? And he's like, I'm an architect. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? And I just gave him a prophetic word, and I blessed him. But who knows, if I, did, if I wasn't secure in my identity in Christ, I would have not walked and done that. I would have been searching, oh, I need to do this first. Uh, oh, sometimes, sometimes our search for identity looks something different. It's like, oh, uh, I, I can't pray for someone because I haven't gone to BSSM yet. Oh, oh I, can't, I can't talk to that person because I'm too old. You know, it's those young ones, those young ones who have the fire who go evangelize. I'm sorry, but Jesus died for the young and the old. 
You know, let me tell you a little bit about Indonesian culture. In Indonesia, we love to watch soap operas. Does anyone here like to watch soap operas? I don't know if, if there is such a thing in, uh, in South Africa, but in Indonesia, the soap opera is very predictable. Always very predictable. There's always a car crash and it's like slow motion. There's always an, like a, just very predictable. But one of the most common thread stories in Indonesian soap opera is this. There's a rich lady, there's a poor lady. They both go to the hospital at the same time. Somehow the nurse was probably checking her Instagram and the babies got switched. And then the poor baby gets raised up in a rich family and the rich baby gets raised up in the poor family. And it's just a whole debacle because somehow the poor lady becomes the maid for the rich lady. Does anyone know that type of story before? Yeah? And a lot of times when I'm watching that, I have the, uh, this feeling inside of me. Uh, in Indonesia, we say, which means like, I just want to punch someone. It's like, I'm like, you're, you're the rich lady's daughter. Why, why is this, this daughter is like... You know, it's like a Cinderella story. There's the stepsisters. I'm like, just wake up and see that, <laughs> that you, who you really are. <laughs> My friends, open up to Ephesians with me. Ephesians 1 verse 2. It says this. Oh. I think I did something wrong with my notes, but it's in Ephesians. It says this, In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ, you did not receive a foster parent. When you receive Jesus Christ, you did not receive a welcome to heaven. Um, on your email confirmation, you will find the barcode for your ticket to heaven. No! When you receive Jesus Christ, you receive a father. You receive someone who becomes a father. You become a son. You become a son. Why is this important, y'all? In Romans 8. Okay, we're just running throughout the Bible right now. We need to catch him as he runs throughout the Bible here. In Romans 8, verse... Yeah, oh, thank you. Okay, Romans, <laughs> Romans 8 verse 19 says this. Honestly, I don't really use glasses. It's just illustration purposes. Well, it says this. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. My friends, let me tell you. Oh, let me read this again. It says this, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. All creation, all creation, all tribes and nations all the creatures in the world, they're all trembling. They're all groaning. They're all groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. My friends, a lot of us, we're, we're crying out for revival. And we've seen revivals in the past. I've seen re certain revivals in Indonesia. But I, I remember one time I was at a church and, and uh, 
I was at a church in Indonesia. I was around eight years old, and there was this minister. Uh, he was a powerful youth minister, and he had a powerful movement of thousands of young people, but then the movement died out. And he was telling me this. He was tell not telling me. He was, he was on the stage, but he was telling us this. He said this. Yeah, the revival, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, uh, I see nine vessels that need to be filled with the prayer of intercession uh, for revival. Um, but sadly, in the, in the 80s, the jars were not, were not filled. And so the revival stopped. And I'm like, I felt grgut, you know. I want to punch. Because <laughs> that is, uh, friends, if we have a desire for revival, but we don't understand our identity as sons, as heirs of God, We'll walk, getting for revival, it, it, it will almost, um, it will almost, what's the word? It, it will almost, <laughs> oh man, it, you know when, when you give a, a, a little boy the keys to a car and he starts driving a car, it's a little bit dangerous. He needs to know his identity, he needs to grow up in the maturity of his identity then he'll know how to drive the car well. My friends, I want to tell you, that there's an, such a thing as the importance of knowing our identity in Christ so we can walk in Him. So we can, when we're asking for revival, we can ask for revival not as orphans, but as sons. As sons. Tell your neighbor, as sons. You know, when you're an orphan, you're not... When you're asking the Lord for things, you're not gonna be asking. You're not gonna be asking boldly because an orphan doesn't know that the father is is for him. When you're an orphan, you're gonna be always wondering if the Lord's gonna take something away from you, because that's an orphan mentality. Oh no! If I don't perform well, if I don't look well, then then all of these toys will be taken away from me. But if you know who you are as sons, you walk in Him. You you Hebrews. It says this. In Hebrews, it says we can boldly approach the throne of grace to ask help in times of need, to ask for mercy in times of need. Why do we come to His throne boldly? It is because He is our Father and we are His sons. You know, in Roman law, it's actually illegal for you to adopt a son and then disown him. Did you know that? It's illegal. So when the Father adopted you, as a son, you've been grafted into the tree of Christ. It's illegal for him to disown you. You're a son. My friends, why is this important? Let me tell you. Because, let me tell you. Why is righteousness, why is our identity as sons so important? It's because I grew up, I got saved around 16 years old. Or 14 years old, I don't remember fully. But uh, I, I remember I, I experienced the Holy Ghost. So I experienced all the gifts. I experienced moving in the Spirit. But I was in bondage. I, I, I truly was. Uh, I remember I was serving in the church. In the beginning, everything was beautiful. In the beginning, uh, all my prayers were being answered. I just felt so squeaky clean. And then I remember coming to church and then pe seeing people who were like, oh, I'm so tired with... With my, with my, uh, my real, I'm so tired with all this ministry. I'm so tired with just relationship with God. And then I looked at them and I'm like, is that what we're supposed to be like? Maybe, maybe I'm not doing enough. That's why I'm not tired because I feel so happy right now. 
but because all of them are complaining, I probably need to do more things so I can be just as tired as them because that's what a mature Christian is like. Anyone relating with me? And I started following their ways and then soon after I forgot that I was righteous. I forgot I was squeaky clean. And I, I, I remember, oh my gosh, I, I, oh my goodness, I remember just, just being a Christian and, and serving Him and leading in the worship team, but feeling so tired afterwards. In my, in my personal life, I, I, had, I had to grapple with a sin that I could not break free from. I, I grappled for such a long time, up to like seven years. And I remember I, I studied in China uh, after high school, before BSSM. And, and I, was, I was crying on the floor because... I was going on the internet and I was looking at these different Christian minist- ministries and, uh, and I was just like, how can, how can you find freedom from blah, blah, blah. And these Christian ministries said, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. Once you, uh, this thing cannot be changed. You can either just be this. Or you, can, you, can either, you just have to live with it. It's your thorn in the flesh. And I'm like, oh man, like this Christianity thing. Like I almost wish I, I could be saved at the end of my life. So I could just live, like, relaxed, and then I got saved for a short period of time. <laughs> I don't know if that relates to any of you here. But I remember I went to Bethel, and I, I came as a Christian, but I heard a different gospel. I heard a totally different gospel. I heard the gospel of righteousness. I heard the gospel of grace. In, 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 in Romans 3, it says this. It says this. Now... The righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who, have, who believe. And, and then I also heard, I also heard Romans, um, what's the other one? I heard Romans 5. It says, it says this, it says this. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. There's a lot here. But in the next verses, it says this, But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift, of, gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Much more. In my previous church, I was so convinced because I taught a Bible at high school, I taught a Bible class, to be honest. I taught like around three students and uh, they were just, I had to keep teaching them because they were, they did not catch it as fast. And, um, but I really honed in the fact in, in chapter, in the chapter one of our Bible study, I said this, we are born as sinners. Sin is not something you do, it's in your nature. Just like when a cat meows, it's not because it's just trying to say meow, but it's, it's in its DNA to say meow. So if you sin, it's in your nature. And that's why you need Jesus to just kind of wipe away the sin. That's true. But they did not teach me the other part. They taught me, I kept, I was a cat saved by grace and I just kept meow, 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 meow. I was moved from the cat house to the dog house. But all I could do was meow, 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 meow. Because... I was like, okay, I'm a cat. Now I have a leash. It, it once used to say Felicia. Now it says Spot, you know. But all I knew was how to meow. It was 
very frustrating, my friends. But when I got saved by grace, when I found out that no, just like Adam's sin caused me to inherit the nature of sin within me, what Jesus did on the cross caused me to inherit a whole new DNA. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 For if anyone is in Christ He is no longer He's old He is a new creation 2 Corinthians 5 17 For whoever is in Christ He is a new creation The old has passed Behold the new has come The new has come Can I have the worship team come up? The new has come! (laughs) Friends, not only that, that's not the end of the good news. Let me tell you more. Okay, let me tell you more. So I found out, and then all of a sudden, I stopped meowing. I started to bark. Bark, bark, bark. But I was was still just uh, barking like a little uh, bark, you know, still very calm. And then... And then I found another truth in the gospel. It says this. It says in Ephesians that there's not only, not only am I new creation, but the abundance of grace. I found out that the Lord, when He saved us, He didn't just welcome to heaven. You Now you must follow all these rules. Uh-oh, I'm sorry. You lied yesterday. You go down one rank. No. When He saved you, there is something we are there is something we're growing into. We're growing into more and more more and more into Christ. But not only that, he gave us the power, the grace to become who he says we are. That is good news. So, as a little doggy, I, I got the power. I got the the special max protein dog food to become who I'm supposed to be. That's the good news. And my friends, if you're saved, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget these facts. Sometimes I I was on Instagram one time and I saw this post. It said this, when you're saved. And then after after, uh, day one and then after you're saved, it's it's like somebody like working really hard, somebody looking very sad. And I'm like, man, that is not the type of life the gospel has given us. The gospel allows us to live in the joy of salvation continually. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If we forget our righteousness, if we forget our salvation, we're a target for the headshot. What, am I, what do I mean? In the Bible, when it talks about the armor of God, it says the helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. I'm sorry, but it did not say the helmet of right, uh, something else. It's the helmet of salvation. Because friends, if you don't have a helmet on, you're a target for the headshot. The good news is, as a believer, if you forget you're saved, it's as easy as putting a helmet on. It's as easy as putting, where's my helmet? Oh my goodness, where's my helmet? Oh, it's here. It's that simple. We have to remind ourselves 
of our salvation. We have to walk in Him, walk in the gospel that He's given us and reject any other gospel that is not the gospel. That's why Paul was so serious in Galatians. He says, he says you foolish Galatians. Because any other gospel that's not Jesus' gospel is not really a gospel. It's a false deal. I want us to just close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like there are some of us here. You've, you've, you maybe have come to church. You maybe have, uh, you have heard of the Lord, but you didn't. You have never given your life to Him. You've never given your life to experience salvation. I want to, inc I want to invite whoever that is to come forward. We would like to pray with you. And you would know because your heart is beating. I need to give my life to Jesus. My friends, let me tell you, your hope is not found in self-help. Your hope is not found in counseling. Your hope, your hope is not found in the other job opportunity. Your hope is first found in the gospel. Your hope is first found in what Jesus did for you on the cross. I want to invite you, if that's you, to come forward. And your heart is beating. You're like, I want to receive Jesus. I want to receive this gospel. I want to receive this good news. Come forward and we would love to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. My second call is for some people here. Maybe you have dedicated your life to God. But in the times past, you've fallen away. You've started picking up the law. You started, you started believing the lies that the enemy has spoken to you. I want to invite you to come forward again and make a fresh, bold declaration of your salvation in Christ. Friends, when we move, when we move, heaven moves with us. God honors our actions. So I want to invite you, if, if your heart is beating and you want to just dedicate your life to God again, I want you to come forward. Yeah. 